Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I want to talk about something the Lord's been talking to me about dearly, and I guess I've alluded to it already, and that is prayer. And uh, specifically, the title the Lord, I believe, gave me, and it was early in the morning, a couple of, or maybe a week or so ago, I found myself in prayer needing to agree with Jesus, but not having been aware that that was the need until this point in time. And I go, oh, yeah, of course. And so the title for this morning's message is Praying with Jesus. Ever heard, most of you would have, I guess, the, the phrase, what would Jesus do? Yeah, some people have worn the wristbands and worn the T-shirt. And <laughs> it came out of a, um, a story, probably late 1800s, of a pastor in a church who had a, uh, a homeless guy turn up at his doorstep and he turned him away but then felt guilty. <laughs> God challenged him, what would Jesus do with this homeless guy? And so then he went and drew him in and the story unfolded that out of that drawing him back in and then being feeling guilty and then the ha- I can't remember the full story, I've read the book, but what happened out of that became this whole movement of the whole church then was challenged and got shifted to a what would Jesus do mentality and that's where it all started. And I was praying the other morning and I felt like the Lord said, what would Jesus pray? (laughs) How would Jesus pray? I was like, that's a really good point. We're often thinking we've got to pray. You know, God says pray, the disciples said pray, the the epistles say pray and without ceasing, you know, and we see the pattern, we see Jesus praying, he told the disciples to pray and and he would often go away and pray. But how often have we stopped and said, what would Jesus pray? How would he pray rather than how am I going to pray to him? And I want to unpack this morning something that I think will be a key for many of us, myself specifically, um, and it's really what the Lord is showing me because I'm going after breakthrough. You know, and it's, it is, it, we're coming into a season of breakthrough, but the thing is, we can declare breakthrough as often as we like, but if we don't partner with Jesus the way He wants us to partner with Him, we're not going to see it. It'll just be empty words that are coming out of our mouth. We've got to get to a place where our partnership with Him is like my right and my leg left legs working together yeah and if if even one part is working and the other part is not I'm out of whack I'm out of alignment and what if Jesus is doing all the intercession in heaven when we're not partnering with him doesn't it say that he's seated at the right hand side of the father giving intercession who would have thought that his job description when he got back to heaven would have been prayer huh well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because the devil's job description is what? Kill, steal, destroy. What's Jesus? Counteract. How do you counteract? Pray. Intercession. So if the devil's job is still kill, destroy on the earth, Jesus' job is 
intercession, pray. Do you remember the story of how Peter was just about to stand up and defend Jesus? That'll never happen, Lord. Remember that? You know, when Jesus said, I must go, and, you know, and the, and the, the Pharisees had schemed against him and the, the Roman soldiers were coming to get him and Jesus was about to go to the cross and Peter stood up and goes, that'll never happen, God, I'll go with you anywhere. You know, Jesus, I'm going to go with you anywhere. And Jesus rebuked him, said, Pete, you, you're going to deny me three times, buddy. When the cock crows, you'll realize that I have told the truth. Then <clears throat> he said, but Peter, I have prayed for you. In fact, he said, Peter, the devil has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that once you have come through that, that you will turn to me again and feed my sheep. Do you know that that's just one tiny little glimpse of Jesus' job description? I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. He didn't remove the temptation to give up. He didn't even say that I've prayed for you so that you wouldn't deny me. He just said, once Satan's finished with you, and I've prayed that you'll survive that intact without giving up the faith, but once that's finished, once that's done, I'm praying that you'll return and be strengthened and get on with the job. How's that? That's exciting. Why is that exciting? Because <laughs> how many times have we been in warfare and we think God's abandoned us or we think we're the worst person in the whole world or you know, all the stuff the enemy's whispering in our ear. And the whole time Jesus is praying, God, strengthen them so that when the devil's finished his work, when they've come to their senses, strengthen them again and give them the chance to get on with the job. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that encourage someone this morning? Oh man, it encourages me because I've been through some seasons of my life where I just felt like Peter when that cock crowed. You suddenly wake up, you go, oh my goodness, I've just been in a season of denying my Savior, either by my actions, by my lifestyle, by my thought processes, by whatever it was. And then I go back to that moment when, when Jesus said, well, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. You know that he does the same for us. He wants he wants you undone. We want breakthrough. We want it now. <laughs> We're not happy with our, you know, eight minutes of waiting at McDonald's drive-through window. <laughs> we want our burger and we want to eat it now. But Jesus. Jesus was a man of prayer on earth and he's a man of prayer in heaven and we can learn from him not just learn from him we can pattern our prayer life on his 
And if we can come to a place where we're actually praying with him, oh, then you'll see your breakthrough. Then you'll see. Then we will see. This is what I believe that God has called us to. And uh, I've got to say, I have not been a faithful prayer warrior all my life. I have had seasons where it has been my highest priority. And uh, this last season, and I'm not saying this to boast because that's not my heart. I'm saying this to teach. I'm saying this because I think it's our necessity that we get to a place and I as a leader of this church need to have it as my highest priority and perhaps I need to do it more than all of you unless you have a specific gift calling to intercession. But as Shek and I entered our season of fasting on Boxing Day and we finished it this week, um, we actually experienced the Lord's breakthrough. I did. I experienced it up here. And in the midst of it, the Lord took me through passages of Isaiah and I've got a whole lot more of my Bible that is coloured in and underlined than it was before. (laughs) But one of the passages of Scripture said, he opens my eyes morning by morning and I do not turn away. And I felt the Lord saying, I'm going to wake you up if you're willing. Don't turn away. Get out of the bed and come be with me. So at 1.15 this morning, I was like, are you kidding, God? <laughs> no. I actually didn't realize it was that early until I picked up my phone and walked out the lounge room and had a look. Really? I feel so good. Why am I awake? Okay. It's a bit earlier than yesterday, God. <laughs> then, of course, you've got to wrestle with distraction. But in the midst of it, I'm learning to press in. And I'm learning to pray with Jesus. And I, I want to encourage you to learn the same um, if you aren't already. Many of you do. So I'm going to read some scriptures. The two main scriptures that I want to really focus on this morning, you'll know them well, but you may not have unpacked them recently. So Luke 11.1, 1, I love that, like 1-1-1. One, one, one. Who, who gets 1-1-1 one, one, one occasionally? 1-1-1. One, 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 you know? I'm a numbers person. God speaks to me often through numbers. So Luke 11.1 1 and following. I love that. And then John 17, where Jesus is. It's just before he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray those prayers with drops of blood. You know, that season, it was just prior to that. So it's the lead up, the build up. So I'm going to read those two passages and just want to highlight a few things and see what the Lord says. All right, let's have a look at Luke 11. Verse 1, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Do you know, everywhere Jesus went, he prayed, and the disciples were invited to watch and participate at that level, like just 
Jesus didn't hide the fact that he prayed and oftentimes he'd actually remove himself and go into a quiet place. He'd go up onto a mountainside to pray. He'd spend whole nights in prayer. But on this occasion, the disciples were close enough to have been able to see what was going on. And I'm I'm guessing, if you're like me, if you're watching Jesus pray and you've watched the Pharisees pray, that's all you've known. Yeah? That's all you've known. And you've heard that this John the Baptist guy turned up and he had some disciples and he taught them how to pray. You're thinking to yourself, man, this is different. This is a different style of prayer. This is, this is praying a different way altogether because, one, this guy gets results. <laughs> you know, Jesus, wow. And they're like, oh, Lord, teach us how to pray. Just like John taught his disciples how to pray. Like They're like, I'm hungry, I want to know. You know, I used to think, well, that's just silly. What a silly question. Teach us how to pray. I know how to pray. Why wouldn't they know how to pray? Everyone knows how to pray. Just talk to God. No. See, the Pharisees knew how to pray, but they weren't connecting, were they? They didn't really know how to pray. They were just in form, and the form wasn't God's form. It was some other form, and it had had lost. Daniel knew how to pray. Oh, my goodness. David knew how to pray. There's a heart connection, isn't it? So Jesus says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. See here he's identifying who's the daddy. Who's your father? He's our Father in heaven. It's identifying God for who he is. Some of you might not actually have a really good experience with an earthly father and Jesus would say to you, God's not like your earthly father. He's a good, good father. We need to address him as a father. We need to see that we're his kids. See, it's about relationship. See, addressing God as father is addressing him as dad. It's addressing him for who he is. It's, it's not, oh, mighty holy one who is so aloof that we cannot come close. It is our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, revered, separate, holy, wow, the greatest thing in all the universe, be your name. Your name is amazing, God. Your name is your identity. He's got so many names. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, come, your will be done. See, then Jesus is identifying what it is that we're a part of. We're a part of his rule and reign, so hallowed be his name. He's the father. We're his kids. And his kingdom needs to be established on earth as it is in heaven. See, oftentimes it's our kingdom that we're going after and we just want him to bless it. It's our works that we... He says, no, it's I'm the father, you're the kids. It's my family. I'm the head. So bless what I'm doing rather than what you're doing and we'll be in a good shape. Give us day by day our daily bread. See, that, that's, just, that's just practical, isn't it? But it's just, what does a father want? He wants to give us the good stuff day by day. And it's not give us 10 months advance. It's not, I only want to come to church when I feel like it. I only want to worship when I've run out of the last one. 
It's day by day. It's encounter day by day. It's coming to the Father every day. It's living in his house. See, if you go away from the house, your father's not feeding you on a daily basis. You're only going over there for an occasional barbecue, right? Huh? But he's saying, no, you're in my house daily. So it's all about day-to-day living, feeding. You know, why did God say to the Israelites when they're out in the desert, oh, sorry guys, but your manna's not going to last overnight. Tomorrow morning you get up and get it again. And the next morning you get up and get it again. What's he saying? See, again, natural speaks louder than we're often listening. When God does something and something's happening in your body or something's happening, rather than getting all frustrated and going, God, where are you? We need to sometimes look at our circumstance. What are you saying? Is there a message here for me that I'm not getting? What was the message in the desert? Day by day, day by day. Give me my bread day by day. Encounter me day by day. I am your father and I'm with you every single day. You're in my house. You get to go to the fridge whenever you want to. Yeah? Come to the fridge. Why? Because you're, you're welcome. You're welcome in my house. This is God. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has indebted to us forgive us our sins you see we need to recognize that we haven't always honored our father with our life and the ability for us to encounter him is is about engaging at a heart level where we lay it all down and constantly it's like daily bread we just constantly open before the father you know, it's like we're not hiding in the bedroom because we've been a naughty boy. He doesn't send us to the naughty corner. He says, come talk to me. What's going on? Adam, Eve, why are you hiding? Where are you? Oh, I've sinned. That woman that you gave me. <laughs> Blaming others. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Isn't that what Jesus prayed over Peter? Deliver him from the evil one. God doesn't lead us into destruction, but he protects us in it. He delivers us from it. Doesn't take it away necessarily. Hmm. Now, if we were to just stop there in Luke 11 and not read a little bit further, we'd miss something really important. So I'm going to keep reading. This is where I think a lot of people stop because they want this formula, but they don't understand the next bit. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing set before him. And I will answer from within and say, sorry, and he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and go to you. 
I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend, yet, listen to this, because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs because of his persistence. So, Jesus says, having just heard that, so... I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Good news, yeah? All right. Now we're getting somewhere. If a son asks for bread from a father, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? No. If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? No. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, thanks Jesus, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children, see Jesus is sort of bringing us back to the, you know, forgive us our sins. No. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit who asks him? Hmm. How much more? Do you know that Jesus also said, while speaking of these things, he identified that wherever two or three, do you know that passage? Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, he says, there I am in the midst. Do you remember that? Let's see. That's Matthew 18.20. Let's just quickly turn to Matthew 18.20 before we go over to... Luke 17, because I feel like we're building to something. Might need to put my glasses on. Is that the right one? 18, 20. Okay. I don't think that's the right one. Is that it? I must be in the wrong page then. 18. Oh, I'm in John. Duh. No wonder I'm not reading it right. Sorry, guys. I've turned the wrong way. There we go. Actually, you want to go back to verse 16. But if he will not here take you with... Okay, so the, the, the background is... Oh, let's just read from 15, because that, that gives us background. Moreover, if, you brothers, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you will gain the brother. But if he will not hear, take one or two more. That And, and listen to this. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That's key right there. That Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses that every word may be established. Then it goes on, verse 18. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Now that there is the key. I am in the midst. So where two people or three people are gathered in his name, where is he? He's with them, yeah? He's with us. So when we're praying, who are we praying with? 
we're praying with Jesus because he's with us. He's, he's there. He presences himself there purposely because we're praying in his name and he abides in that place and he's with us and as we pray, we pray with him. Where's he praying? He's praying in heaven, but he manifests himself with us. In other words, he's in heaven and he's on earth. You know, when he was walking on the earth, he often said, I don't do anything unless my father is doing it. I don't, I don't say anything unless he is saying it. I, don't, I only do what I see my father doing. So he's... At the same time as he's walking on the earth, he's watching his father. He's looking at what God is doing. He's connecting with the father. And so he's connecting to heaven at the same time he's on earth. So while he's on earth, he's connecting with heaven. Do you know, and Sheikh and I have been watching that show, The Chosen. Who's been watching that? Anyone watching that? Yeah, I, get it. Get it. There's eight episodes, The Chosen, it's about the life of Jesus. Oh, man, I've had so many tears over the last couple of weeks as I've been watching it. You can, you can watch it on YouTube, you can watch it, get an app, watch it online. Jesus in this is depicted so beautifully. And it's just, oh. and, and I was just watching. And it's like the little things that you miss, like, and I know there's a lot in it that is just, added because the behind story that you could never have known that actually happened. But then in the midst of it, he's saying things that are straight out of the word of God, right? And here he is, he's, he's healing someone and like, wow, and you're watching it. You know? And in fact, there's this one scene where the leper is healed. I don't know, you remember seeing that one? Where the, I've seen that when I've prayed for someone, when I was in Vanuatu, I saw it exactly like what was in that picture, exactly. I was looking at it going, that's what happened. I've never been able to explain it to anybody, except that I saw, all I could say was, what I watched was the open wound just went, in front of my eyes. And I was like sitting there going, what just happened? Because I didn't have a grid for that. I'd never physically seen it ever before. And I watched it as I prayed for this old lady one time in Vanuatu. And I was like, whoa. And um, so Jesus is, oh, and, and the scene, this is the scene, right? So you know it from the Bible, but this is the scene where they're dropping their friend through the roof, right? And Jesus, he's got this guy sitting there and he's got the Pharisees looking through the window, like going, what the heck's going on here? You know, what's all this ruckus about? You know, so they're, they're, they're watching through the window and Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. And the guy's like crying, your sins are forgiven. And then it's like the Pharisees are like, what's going on? What's going on? And Jesus is completely ignoring him, but he knows they're there, see? And they're whose authority by which you do these things? And he doesn't say a word to them. He's just focused on this guy, right? And he's like totally ignoring him. And he says, now, just so that you know that I have authority to forgive sins, take up your mat and walk. And it's like, and he's like, and it's not like, you know, you, you sort of imagine it. It's like, yay. It's like, like actually happens when people get out of the wheelchairs and stuff. It's usually slow and it's like, you know, and then the strength comes and like everybody's, whoa, you know. But I come back to that yeah, because I have authority to forgive sins. You know that Jesus said to us, you have authority to forgive sins. Have you read that lately? You have authority to forgive sins. Whatever sins you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven. Whatever sins you do not forgive will not be not forgiven. Right? And so, but here's the thing. 
As he said, so that you know, what, what was the phrase? So that you know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, I say to you, rise up and walk. The Son of Man. He didn't say the Son of God, he said the Son of Man. We are sons of man. He's identifying with us. He's saying, I'm a man. So that a man, so that you know that a man, son of a man, even though technically he wasn't the son of a man, <laughs> he was the son, but he was the son of man because he was a son through Mary's line, right? Because you know what I'm talking about, right? So, so that you know that the son of man has authority to forgive sins, get up and walk. What's happening there? He's identifying that if you have belief in me and you speak with me and you pray with me and you declare with me and you honor me in the way that you go about what you're doing, you'll see the same results as I do because you're a man or son of a man or, you know, we are sons and daughters of mankind and as we are infused with the presence of Holy Spirit, we receive the authority that he's given us and we come to a place where we can declare over situations and circumstances just like Jesus did because he was identifying as a man. That's the good news because that's what so much of the church that is limping doesn't get. They're walking around. I was there. Majority of my life, I didn't know about Holy Spirit. I didn't know that I had authority to do anything except read the Bible and be a good boy. <laughs> Turn up, preach the gospel. What's the gospel? Kingdom of evangelism. <laughs> the gospel is basic, very basic. But I led a lot of people to the Lord, but I didn't lead them into the fullness of God. I just led them to the door and said, here's Jesus. And they go, yay, you know, let's get baptized, yay, you know. Now read your Bible, yay, let's pray, yay. What about Holy Spirit? Oh, I'm working on that one. <laughs> and it's like, and, and as I grow more in him and more, I realize, I realize more and more that as we enter in and we get a greater understanding of who he is and what he's called us to, we come to a place where we go, you know what, in the place. You know, when you come, someone comes to you and they need they got sin in their life or they have, they're broken and they've got generational curses coming down. What are you going to do? You're going to take them through a 20-step program? There's good 20-step programs out there. But I don't see Jesus doing that. I see Jesus walking in such a way that he looked at his situation and go, okay, I know what's going on here. There's sin involved. Okay, I know what's going on here. There's a family curse involved. I know what's going on. There's a demon there. What about when he raises up Peter's mum in the story? Now, I'm not telling you anything about this. I'm not giving it away because it's in the Bible, right? So I'm only telling you the bits that are in the Bible. I'm not going all ape over the stuff that aren't in the Bible. That, that's fun, right? You know? And I, anyway, I won't go there because if you want to watch it later, you'll go, oh, Paul told me that, you know, it's like Star Wars, people give it away. You know, we don't want to do that, right? But it's in the Bible, right? So Peter raises up, Jesus raises up Peter's mother-in-law. Oh, beautiful story, right? So he's leaning over the bed and he just holds her hand, looks at her, and his eyes fill with water. You can just see it. And then he goes, come out of her. And suddenly she's like, what's going on? Um, 
why are, hey, hops out of bed. And, and the, the, everyone's crying, see? And Jesus is like, <laughs> and they're, they're like, and she's going, why am, I, why am I in bed? This is the middle of the day. Like, shouldn't we? We've got a guest. Who are you, Jesus? Oh, well, who's not, why aren't we feeding him? You know, and straight away she's there, come on, let's get it all organized. And she's like, mama's got to get the house ordered, right? But Jesus, he just looks at her and says, with compassion, he just come out. Wow. Ha. Powerful. So we can only do that, but we are called to do that, but we can only do that when we do it with him. We've got to understand that he's there with us. We've got to get to a place where it's not, oh, I can't do this. No. We can. We've got to get to that place where we know we can. That's where I have been weak because I haven't known it. You know, I have been of those of little faith. (laughs) Jesus rebuked the guys many times, you know. Oh, ye of little faith. Old-fashioned language. but Oh, come on, guys, where's your faith? Haven't you seen enough already to know yet? See, Jesus is calling us into unity with him. And our prayer life, see, this is the key for us to get to the place where the unity thrives and breakthrough happens. Our prayer life, in other words, our connection with him on a day-to-day, daily bread, day-to-day basis, must thrive for us to get to the place where we're walking in the authority that he wants us to walk in. We can't walk in that authority if it's a week-by-week momentary encounter that we go, ah, thank you, Jesus, what a wonderful worship session. I'm going back to work now. We can't walk in breakthrough if that's our lifestyle. I'm recognizing that I've got to be on my knees and asking forgiveness because I realize I've missed it. And I'm, I'm speaking this from a place of vulnerability, but I'm speaking it from a place of knowing what it's like because I've had those seasons. You ever had those seasons where you've been in the place where you go, I know all this stuff. This is great. It's working. It's awesome. Jesus is so amazing. And then the next season, it's gone. You're like, what happened? Why? Because there's a, a guy, inverted commas, who has the job description of steal, kill, destroy. What's he stealing? What's he killing? What's he destroying? Your encounter, your, your knowledge, your, he's debasing who you are. There's spirits that come after you in such a way that they steal, kill, destroy. They rob from you. They pull you down. They deceive you. They bring you into deception. They lure you into false doctrine. They lure you into places where you forget how awesome God is because your circumstances rise up. They Take us to those places where everything around us is in our face in such a way. And in so doing, they distract us long enough that they can get on the inside and go, "Eh, God's not really with you. You're a bad person. You're no good. You'll never amount to anything. See, I told you exactly what your dad said. Hmm? Steal, kill, destroy. What's Jesus doing? Has he abandoned us? No. He's at the right-hand side of the Father interceding on our behalf. 
regardless of what their mother did or said, regardless of what their daddy did or said, regardless of what our boss did or said, regardless of what the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees or the modern-day Pharisees do or say against us, no matter what the rest of the church says, God is God and he is real and his power is awesome and he will never relent from interceding and praying and being on our case to bring us back to that place so that even when we're away from God, even when we're in a season of denial, even when we're in a season of out on the edge and feeling broken and hurt and lost and everything's falling apart, he's praying and saying, God, when Satan's finished with him, bring him back. But strengthen him in the process. Strengthen him in the season of his testing. Strengthen him or her in the season of their hardest years so that they will not turn away, so that they will not fall away from their calling, that they will not lose sight of who I am. That when the cock crows, they'll go, (gasps) How beautiful it was when Jesus stood with Peter on the beach and restored him, eh? Wasn't that a beautiful scene? All right, so now I want to go across quickly to John 17. Now, we are going to John this time. I got a bit carried away before. (laughs) John chapter 17. And uh, again, I think most of you will have read this before. I just want to unpack it a little bit. Um, So I'm just going to read from the first verse. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know. That word know is the Greek word gnosko which is more than head knowledge, is actually encounter, that they may know by experience. As Jesus has used the word gnosko, it means that they ought to know God by experiencing him, by encountering him, by actually being with their father, right? So it's a knowing, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you in the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So Jesus is identifying, I've done my job, Lord, Father. I've done what you asked me to do. Now I'm praying for these guys because I'm going to about to leave them and I'm coming back home. But I'm going to intercede for them now, right? So if we understand how Jesus prays, then we'll know how we ought to also pray, yeah? Because we want to get to a place where we're not just praying our own prayers, we're praying his prayers. So our prayer meetings and our prayer life ought to reflect the heart of Christ. If it reflects our heart, then we're just probably banging our our prayers against the ceiling and it's no wonder we're not getting our breakthrough. But Jesus is calling us into a place where we pray from his heart, knowing that he's with us and knowing that as we pray, we reflect his words, his prayers, his heart. And so we read this and we recognize 
what he's all about. I have manifested, this is verse 6, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. And he's identifying that these guys, they get it now. Finally, it's the right time for me to leave because they get it. They're actually, they, they've walked with me long enough, they've seen enough of me that they get me now. They understand that I am from you. I am the guy that they thought I was at the beginning and now they know that I am. Wonderful. For I have given to them the words, that's the rima, which you have given me, and they have received them. That was also a... So there's, there's the rhema and there's the logos. So he's given them the logos and the rhema. So the, the, he gave them the rhema, but they wrote it down. It became the logos, again, the written word. So it's the, it's the word, yeah? And they received them and they've known surely that I have come forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. Now, verse 9, here's the key. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. You might think, well, that's a bit odd. Why is he not praying for everyone else? Because he knows the end destruction of those who have not been given to him. He's praying for all those who have been given to him by the Father. Keep listening. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them. This is like his prayer for Peter. Keep them through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. That's key right there, that they may be one. See, as we pray, we ought to be praying that there is unity. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, except the son of perdition. Who's the son of perdition? Judas. Judas was lost. Judas is not in heaven, right? Jesus, he's lost, right? So he's, he lost him. He gave me, sorry, I'll read it again. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures may be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Do you know what the word sanctify means? Set apart. Right? He says, don't take them out of their situation. Strengthen them from this situation and keep the evil one from them. So I want them to be in the world, but they're not of the world. And so... So long as they're functioning from a heaven's perspective, they they got to be in the world. But they're they're releasing kingdom. They're not release, you know. They're not embracing the world. They're releasing kingdom into the world. World changes. That's what we are. 
Sanctify them, set them apart by your word. Your word is truth. That's why I felt this morning we need to declare the word of God over in our, at the end of our worship time. Just declare the word of God. Declare the truth. Just speak out the truth over your circumstances. Why do we do that? Because oftentimes we forget the character of God. We forget the goodness of God. We forget the attributes of God. When you're in a situation where you don't know what to do, just go back to the word of God. Who is God in my circumstance? Where is God in my circumstance? What does he look like right now? Is he the healer? Is he the provider? Is, these are all the attributes, the names of God. Declare them over your circumstance. The word of God is true. We are set apart by the word of God, by truth. Truth sets us apart. When we walk in truth, we are set apart. When we walk in lies and deception, when we walk agreeing with the enemy who speaks lies into our heart and we agree with those lies, we start declaring those lies over ourselves, we are not sanctified. We're actually walking in agreement with a lie and we won't see what God wants us to see. I'm finishing up in just a moment. I do not pray for those alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me. I could go on, but I just feel like that's a good phrase. I in them... And you in me. I feel that our prayer life can go to a whole other level if we get to the point where we recognize Christ is in us. He's in the Father, so we have this unity. It says, Father, just as we are one, I am one with you and one with the Spirit, that they might be one, we might all be one together, <laughs> one big happy family. <laughs> That's the call of God on our lives. But it's the call of God into our prayer life as well, that we might pray with Jesus, that we might agree with him, we agree with his words, we agree with his attributes, we agree with his heart, we agree with what he declares. And as we come into awareness of what he has done and what he's doing and the authority that he walked in and the, the anointing that was on his life and we spend more time in his presence, that same anointing, that same authority, that same assurance of his presence. See, the more, see, if Jesus is with us and we don't know it, we can't walk in that authority. It's there for the taking, but is lost to us for a lack of awareness, lack of knowledge, lack of... How many times have you wanted to pray and you just felt so unworthy... You ever felt that? You're like, I just want to pray right now. I want to, man, I wish I'd been praying and fasting so that when this came up, I was ready to go. You ever had those? I have. You just go, oh. And it's just the enemy because he's trying to convince you that. But there's also some truth to some of that because you recognize that, oh, man, I'm not walking with God right now and I need to have been in order to deal with this. And then the enemy just walks all over us. Steal, kill, destroy. That's why 
we need to be praying with Jesus and not just on our lonesome. You know how hard it is to pray when you feel like you're alone in it? Oh, man. I'll finish with this, and this is, again, it, it hasn't come up in the Chosen series, but it's in the Bible. It'll come up later. They got a, I think they've got a whole bunch of series that they want to do. It's going to cost them a bit of money. So it's crowdfunded, you see. It's not funded by some Hollywood director. So here's the thing, right? Jesus, now I, got a, I lost my track of thought when I said Hollywood director. <laughs> Where was I going? Don't you hate it when you get a blank? It's not coming back. (laughs) No. I might have to leave that track. No, but it was good, God. Please. (laughs) I was like, so yes, let's go there. And I got distracted by Hollywood. That's... That's what happened this morning. I got distracted by Hollywood. I wasn't watching TV at 1 o'clock in the morning, don't worry. But you know how it is when you get in that time of prayer alone with God? I know where I was going now. Alone. When you're alone with God, but you actually not al- you feel alone because you're by yourself. We've got to get to the place where we recognize that God's with us. when we get up in the morning or maybe it's late at night or maybe it's when we put the kids to bed or you know when when they're gone off to school or something like that and we find that space wherever it is we get alone with God we got to get into his presence get rid of the distractions get into a place where we go because when we do it in our own strength you're not gonna you're not gonna get out of bed at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning unless you've got to pee. You know? Unless you're really committed to your process with God and you realise this is the only way. But I tell you something, you go into that place and as tired as you are and as weary as you might be, you spend a bit of time praying in tongues. Just like this morning, I can tell you now, the kabod was so heavy. The kabod is the weight, weighty glory of God was so heavy. About probably about three this morning, I was just sitting there and I was, I'd been there probably about an hour and a forty or something like that by that stage. I'd been distracted a couple of times already. Yeah. I've been distracted because I was like, I had my phone out, I was trying to sort out diary notes and stuff like that. And I just, at one point, there was this big blowfly that just come in. It was like, it's like, go away, you know. I'm trying to do my diary here. And I'm like, massive big blowfly. And I was thinking, yeah, just, why would God send a fly? And then suddenly realized, oh, piano down. <laughs> Um, got a piano in the background, just for those who are listening on, on, on the back on the uh, pod. Anyway, finish up. Alone with God. I'm alone with God. I'm distracted. 
the flies buzzing around, and suddenly I, I wake up to myself, eh, put the phone down, because they're only attracted to the light anyway, right, in that moment. Put the phone down, it's all dark again. You pushed it on. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, <laughs> he's got skills, this guy. All right. Sorry. You just <laughs> Love it. Too many distractions. Now, this is, a good, this is a good one. Now, so here's the thing, right? I put my distraction away and I got back to focusing on the Lord. And I just went, straight into tongues, and I opened my hands up before the Lord, and before long, the weight of God's glory, it's like he wasn't upset with me, he knows. He said, all right, now you're focused, let's, let's do this. And before long, the presence of God, just on my hands alone, was just so incredibly heavy, and the electricity and this like power is like, whoa. I can feel it now as I open up my heart. And I just want you to know that if you're, if you're struggling, if your prayer life is died or dead or somewhere else, resurrect it. He'll wake you up just before you go to bed. Say, Lord, if you want me, <laughs> you got to be prepared for it, but <laughs> if you want to spend time with me in the middle of the night when I'm so tired, wake me up so that I'm wide awake and I can't sleep if I tried. And I'll get out of bed and I'll open the word. Sometimes I'll go and sit there. If I want to read the word, of course, I'll turn the light on. Close the door so Sheik doesn't get woken up. She always comes out. Hi, Polsky. <laughs> She's cute. Praying with Jesus. He's there. His power is there. His authority is there. And when we gather together in twos and threes... We're not even we're not praying alone. We're praying with him. There's power. Let's read him again. Read Jesus again. I challenge you, read him again. Read him from a perspective of he's with us and what he did we can do. Learn from the Master. And when you pray, pray with Jesus. Yeah? You're not alone. Come on, even if you're just one man or one woman in a lounge room or on the floor, or he's there. So there's two. <laughs> the Father's there. The Holy Spirit's there. There's four. Come on. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Father, that there's so much more than we get yet. But if we open our ears, Lord, and we want to do that. We want to, we want to see, we want to hear, we want to know. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Teach us how to partner with you so we might resist the enemy, the robber. Teach us to be like you, Lord, as intercessors, so perhaps you'll wake us up and put someone else on our heart. And you'll say, right now, pray. Right now, agree with me. 
right now, do what I'm asking you to do. Say what I'm asking you to say. Lord, that's where we want to get to as individuals and corporately. When our prayer meetings are light, I'll speak this over you, Adrian. I believe that you've got a calling on your life to be a prayer warrior. You have a heart for prayer. You open your home up for prayer. I believe you're going to come into a a greater place of understanding this authority on your life. And the breakthrough will come. And you'll see it at corporate level as well as family and personal level. You're going to see, you're going to come into a new place, mate, of awareness. If you go, uh, I think it might be around Isaiah 49 or 50, somewhere around there. I could could look it up. I might show you later. But there's a scripture there, the one that really prompted me, where it says, you you open my eyes and I do not turn away. It's like what he's saying is, you get me up in the morning and I don't roll over and go back to bed because I want to be with my God. I feel like to you as a prayer warrior that there's breakthrough in this next season as you step into that place. and I can see you as rising up as a, as a leader in that area, particularly prayer. I feel like this. Lord bless Adrian. Father, would you release an anointing for prayer on this mighty man? I thank you that you've been with him through even the hardest of seasons. You've never let him go. That your calling has been long and strong on his life. And I pray, Father God, that as he sees you more clearly in this new season, that there will be such an increase on the anointing on his life. I thank you for word of knowledge that flows through and to him. I pray there be an increase uh, on knowledge feel like you're going to get, in the middle of the night, you're going to get more of that. And you write it down. The Lord will identify people and circumstances. You'll write it down and you'll submit it. I don't believe that you're a proud man. I believe that you're a humble man. And I believe that you won't try and lord it over people. I don't, I don't see you as one who's going to get up on Facebook and declare the whole world... I, I just see you as one who's uh, got the willingness just to go up either to a pastor and, and release a word and let it fall to the ground if it does and not be worried about it. You've just done what you're called to do or, or to an individual and just say, hey, I, I just sense this. I sense the Lord saying this and, and release it. And it might be something that you wrote down in the middle of the night. There might be some things where the Lord just says to you, hold that one close to your heart. Don't speak it out. When the time's right, I'll give it to you to release it. When you do, it'll be the right timing. It'll be God's timing. I pray that, Father, that you'll teach him how to pray with you. Yeah, bless him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we just yeah, we, we wrap, wrap this meeting up and we thank you. And we just I just pray that each one of us would be ready for whatever you will call us to next. And I pray that our prayer lives would come alive in you, go the next level. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.